from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report with you again from Studio B at 5800 Airline Drive, the world headquarters of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm Sean Kelly. Glad you're with us here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Great show yesterday. Got a lot of information out, varied uh, the topics. We had what? We had horse racing, NBA, NFL too, right? Yes, yes. And we wrapped up finally, finally wrapped up our NFL draft preview series yesterday. Uh, we got all 32 teams in. We got somebody to talk about each of those teams. Today, we'll kind of um, uh, pull the uh, lens back a little bit, more of a macro look at the NFL draft from a national perspective with Mike Garofalo from Fox Sports. That national analyst will give us his thoughts 48 hours out of the picks. And then John DeShazer is going to stop by Studio B today and uh, help us understand what's on tap here at the campus with regard to uh, media availability, events, how it unfolds for the New Orleans Saints on Thursday night. And I'm sure John's been doing his homework, so he may have a thought or two on on where Mickey Loomis and his staff may be leaning there uh, come Thursday and then into Friday and then into Saturday. So we'll really have a lot of football for you today. Hope you'll enjoy that. How about the start of the round, uh, second round of the NBA playoffs last night? Did you, uh, did you expect the Clippers to absolutely throttle Oklahoma City? Did you expect Chris Paul to hit all those threes and have 32 points? I don't know. I don't know. Interesting start to that series, and now that series is underway because a road team has won. Remember, remember our saying, the series doesn't start until a road team wins a game. And then, uh, boy, oh boy, over on the eastern side of things, Indiana, if you thought they were uh, cooked in the first round and they survived, they may be... Uh, They may be uh, burnt up, dried up, and a bad Thanksgiving turkey now here in round number two as the Wizards, the Wizards, uh, asserted some will upon the uh, Pacers last night, and Roy Hibbert's going to have some splaining to do, I think, uh, this offseason. So there you go. Interesting start to that. Tonight we'll see, of course, Miami and Brooklyn, and then on the western side of things, San Antonio and Portland. Uh, And I think I'm going to make sure that I'm – uh, popcorn ready, soft drink, or adult beverage ready to watch a little hoops tonight before I uh, get my NFL homework uh, back into gear for the uh, draft on Thursday. So all those things are good. Also, on a good note, um, as Daniel Salerson sitting across from me here in Studio B uh, reminded me this morning that the Cardinals did beat the Braves last night in our Studio B uh, series. It's a 4-3 final, and the Braves have lost seven in a row. Uh, conveniently, I did not put a microphone in front of Diesel today. Uh, but uh, another game in that series tonight. So he may have his, uh, his uh, my, I might have my comeuppance, I guess, as, a, as it is tomorrow. Nice desk calendar, really. Mike Garofalo from Fox Sports in just a moment. Prior to that, though, and up next, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com.
Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Intergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Intergy. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300, with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. <gasps> this is the Black and Blue Report. Senior Chief has stopped by Studio B here today. And I, I, you don't like when I say that, do you? I can take it. John DeShazer. I got big shoulders. I know, I know. John DeShazer, writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, analyst for the New Orleans Pelicans, joins us here. Two days in front of the NFL draft. Two days in front of the extravaganza that will be a part of NewOrleansSaints.com. As we kind of alluded to yesterday, we will have a uh, brand new program for you on Thursday night as the NFL draft uh, first round unrolls. Uh, we will, uh, or is unveiled, I should say. Uh, you and I will be here and uh, kind of taking it from a black and gold angle. Is that fair? Is yeah, that right? That's, that's fair. That's okay. fair. I, I tell you, people need to listen because I guarantee you, I can promise you this. I will accurately make every pick. You will. I said I'll accurately make every pick, not predict every pick. I'll actually make every pick because I'll wait for Goodell to say it, and then I'll come behind him. Okay, so you're counting on <laughs> a delay is what you're saying. So, yeah, we're going to do a video presentation for you on Thursday night that's going to include, of course, uh, frequent visitors from the uh, New Orleans Saints football side, uh, the staff, uh, namely Mickey Loomis, uh, Ryan Pace, that group. Uh, we should see some of the assistant coaches stop by. Uh, to uh, visit with us as the first round unfolds. We'll also, of course, keep you up to date on the picks. John and I will do our best as far as what uh, teams do and who they pick and how it impacts the Saints. I think that's an important angle for us, John. Yeah, I mean, because there will be some guys who will probably come off the board that obviously the Saints would like to have at that number 27 slot if they remain in that slot because there's always the possibility they could move up or move out of the first round or whatever. But, you know, there will be some guys around that pick who probably would have looked pretty nice in the Saints uniform and unfortunately will not be on the board. Yeah, okay, so st don't forget to stream that through your New Orleans Saints app or again on the website. Jimmy Walker, who's a part of our team here as well, is in Studio B today. Both website and app, correct? Yes. And we have this new toy, right, where we can not only do the show from the studio here, as Jimmy showed me the other day, we can then switch immediately to a camera in the uh, media uh, workroom here at Airline Drive to take care of the press conference. So if it's jacked up or busted, we know we can blame it on Jimmy. Well, see, I was trying to give Jimmy a little props here. I'm giving him props. I'm yes. just saying if, you know, in the event that it does go south sideways it would be jimmy walker what are you gonna that's j-i-m-m-i-e walker are you, you going to put him out on the side of the road with a well, sign i'm I, jimmy walker yeah, yeah i'm just saying you know i don't want nobody coming in the parking lot you know and he's you know well i ain't going to give up his his license plate number but anyway okay it would be him so we've got a good cast of folks that are going to help us out with that on thursday hope you'll tune in for that and then we'll have some coverage for you on friday and then again on saturday i'm expecting john what head coach sean payton will kind of give a 
a, a, a post-wrap kind yeah, of media availability. Generally, yeah, he generally will wrap it up on Saturday after all the picks have been made. You know, in between, you know, I think uh, general manager Mickey Loomis usually will kind of uh, address the picks. But sometimes, you know, especially in the later rounds when it gets, you know, fast and furious, you know, they'll wait until the end, make all the picks, and then come out and address the whole draft at the end. So we probably won't hear from Coach Payton until Saturday. Okay. All right. So we'll do that on Saturday as well at NewOrleansSaints.com. Let's work backwards a little bit before I ask you about the draft itself. As far as other things here on campus this week regarding the NFL draft, what else do we have kind of on tap leading up to 7 o'clock on Thursday night? Well, I mean, you know, we got, uh, you know, mock drafts and this, that, and the other. I mean, but I don't know what else is leading up to. Well, now, we have we have the, uh, the, the availability with uh, General Manager Mickey Loomis tonight, which you will be emceeing at Ruth Chris. So I'm sure Mickey will reveal um, his uh, choices for number 27 pick at that event. Yep, that's a corporate partnership event. Yeah, you'll be able to get it out of him. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least, kind of see where he's going. At least try to. And then, uh, and then uh, tomorrow, though, yeah, they're going to have the availability, the pre-draft availability, where uh, Mickey Loomis will meet with the uh, local news media and address their questions. And uh, I'm sure they will try to, you know, pull out of him who he's going to be picking at number 27, which he will have already revealed to you tonight. So they will be late, and they'll be asking, okay, why wouldn't you tell us this? You're really building this up to be more than I think it is. But I'm just hey, I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's speculate you and me a little bit here. Um, shortly we'll have Mike Garofalo from Fox Sports on the Black and Blue Report, get kind of a national perspective. But here in New Orleans, re- regarding the Saints, um, in your eyes, and I'm just asking for your opinion, possible needs that could be addressed in this draft, and would we see that late first round from Mickey Loomis and his staff? Well, I mean, I, I think – the top of the list may be a defensive back. I think the pick at 27, though, might be a receiver. And I say that even though Champ Bailey is in the fold as a cornerback and even though Jarris Bird is in as the top-ranked you know, free safety on the market, but I think the Saints found last year, obviously, you can't have enough quality DBs, especially the way these guys went down with injury last year. But I don't necessarily know that the guy they will want at 27, and I'm not saying I know who the guy is, but whether he the, the guy they want will will merit the tw- number 27 pick might already be off the board. But I do believe because it's so deep in receivers in this draft and because Lance Moore was released and because Robert Meacham is getting a little older and because Marcus Colston's getting a little older and because, you know, Kenny Stills was really the only young receiver who pressed through last year and Joe Morgan's returning from injury. And they don't necessarily, I think, know what they have in Nick Toon yet. I think receiver – might vault to the top of the list because there will be some quality guys there at number 27, and that quality you know, group might be better than the quality of defensive backs, cornerbacks at that number 27 slot. Thinking about needs now and thinking about patterns perhaps in prior drafts, what do you think the Saints try to accomplish later on, late rounds of the draft? Well, later rounds, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked up an offensive lineman from a small school that you probably hadn't heard of. I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if they didn't pick up some uh, some linebacker help. Uh, they could wait until the second round or later to pick up that receiver because this, because this draft is so deep in receivers. You might be able to get a quality guy in the second or third round. Might be able to get exactly the guy they want. They got Kenny Stills last year in the fifth round, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He turns out to be a starter. So you can find quality in the draft, and the Saints have proven, you know, as well as any team in the NFL, they know how to pick the player who they fit, who they believe will best fit their system, and they pick guys who stick and play. 
So it wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me at all if a little bit later they didn't pick up an offensive lineman because I think they're going to look for some more youth and talent and depth there. Wouldn't be surprised if they picked up a defensive lineman a little bit later because they've done well in that area. Um, Akeem Hicks was a third-round pick. He's going to play. Uh, Glenn Foster was an undrafted rookie. He made the team last season. So they could probably stand to have a little bit more depth along that front line because, again, guys get injured. Even though they played well last year, especially the defensive ends, Cam Jordan and Junior Gallette. You know, are they going to combine for another 20-plus sacks next year or, you know, will one get nicked up and miss a couple of games? So you can never have too many quality bodies. All right, so the analysts, and I'm talking about, the, I guess, the national guys, have all come to agreement that this is a nice, deep draft class. There are some nice names up near the top. They seem to have uncertainty about the quarterback class in particular, but otherwise they seem to think that there's value here. So – I'm not going to use the phrase betting man, but you get where I'm going with this. Would, would you be surprised if the Saints uh, tried to move up? Or would you see it more as maybe fall back a little bit to gain more picks in later rounds? I'd be Or more, stay put. I, you know. I, see, I'd be more inclined. If they're going to move, I would believe it would be back. Because to move up, you have to give up something. Right. And I don't think they want to give up picks I think they want to accumulate picks especially if you're talking about a deep draft say for instance you want a receiver and you're at 27 and you you've got some receivers there but the guy you've got you really got him valued at 35 Mm -hmm. I could see him dropping back to hopefully acquire a you know fourth fifth sixth round pick and still getting a receiver a quality guy that they feel like can fit their system so I'd be more inclined to believe they would move back than to jump up I don't think you jump up unless you think you're getting a real difference maker, especially from 27. You know, if you can't jump from 27 to, what, 15 or so, you know, how how much jumping do you want to do? I mean, if you're going to jump from 27 to 24, you might as well stay put and just say, okay, the guy we want isn't there at 27, but there's a guy we really value high at 33. Let's see if we can slide back. What if it's Odell Beckham Jr.? If he's on the board <laughs> at 24 – I wouldn't be shocked. But then again, you know, I, there's no there's no telling or no saying that they don't have a receiver rated higher than, than Odell Beckham. They may. I, the only because, reason, you know, the reason and, I bring that up is because local fans know him. And oh yeah. he does serve two needs. Oh, yeah. He's a kick returner and he's a receiver. Yeah, and, and more than that, I mean, a kid who's got great hands and probably can run great routes and is fast enough to get deep and tough enough to make catches, you know, in traffic, which we saw him do at LSU. So he would be ideally a perfect fit for the Saints. But I don't know if you like him enough to move up and give away picks to get him. You know, because you're talking about a rookie receiver for the Saints. Now you're talking about a complex system. And around here, Kenny Stills, what he did last year in learning multiple positions as a rookie was something that we have not seen from Saints, you know, young receivers. I mean, for some reason, not for some reason, it's complex enough. These guys, you know, it takes them a while to kind of come in and figure it out. He came in and he figured it out and was immediately able to play. But generally, we also saw, you know, where, you know, and not to downgrade him, but a Nick Toon had difficulty, you know, picking up multiple positions last year and then difficulty catching the ball. Right. So, you know, I don't know if, if, if you value a guy enough to jump up and lose picks to have him. But, you know, look, if he's the guy, and you feel like he's the guy that can kind of push you where you want to go, 
then hey, you're gonna roll the dice and do it. But I don't necessarily know if you move up to 18 to do it. But if you can move, if you only got to move up to you know two, three slots to get him, maybe you move up those two or three slots to get him. Who knows where he'll go? Is because, he, is, and plus, yeah. let's 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 add this in too. Okay. Saints do have an extra pick, courtesy of the trade of Darren Sproles. So they do have some currency. Now, do you want to use that currency and, and and you know tag it with something else you have to sweeten the pot to somebody else, or do you want to use that currency to build your own roster? So they do have some currency and they have some options. No doubt. Um, is he or any of the other receivers on the board big enough? All we heard about last year was, man, we want to have big receivers, big DBs. Size all of a sudden mattered as much as speed did. Well, Beckham. I think it's sturdy enough. I don't know if he's stature tall enough. Not I Calvin mean, Johnson like. Yeah, tall. I mean, okay. th- now you know, you look at these guys, and the kid from Indiana, Cody, Cody Latimer, that, that you know people have kind of linked to the Saints. Six three, runs about a four four four, you know. So that size wise is kind of what you're looking for. And in fact, I've seen reports where he ran like a four three eight. So you know, but that's n- neither here nor there. It doesn't matter how fast a guy runs without pads; it's how fast he runs with pads on. But you know, size-wise and speed-wise, you would think he would fit more along the lines now. Granted, if Nick Toon develops the way the Saints believe he will, he could be your size-speed package, but you don't know yet. You know, he hadn't given it to you yet, so you don't necessarily know. And Marcus Colston, you know, as good as he's been, excuse me, as great as he's been for the Saints, you know, has a limited amount of time left on him. I mean, so – and we saw him, you know, have some injuries last year, didn't have a 1,000-yard season. Now, will he come back healthy? Will he be the old Marcus Colston? But he, and even if he is the old Marcus Colston, how much more tread does he have? At some point, you have to look into and invest into replacing him. Is Nick Toon that guy? You don't know yet. Can, you know, Latimer be that guy? You don't know. But, you know, you feel like there is some guys who have size and speed enough to do it. Kelvin Benjamin from FSU, bigger, bigger receiver. I don't know if he's got the speed, but a bigger receiver. But the other guys who, you know, people talk about in the draft are smaller guys, smaller in stature. You know, you're talking about 187, 190-pound guys. Can they take the beating mm-hmm. that they're going to have to take, and can they play multiple positions? You know, if, if you need them to be a slot guy, are they big enough and tough enough to be slot guys? You know, can they do that? Or are they strictly guys who line up outside? Because the Saints like multifaceted receivers. You need to be able to move guys around because if you're in one spot all the time, people figure out pretty quick what it is you're going to be doing. But if you can go inside, outside, you know, other side, you know, that's what they want in some guys. So, you know, we'll see. But, you know, if you're talking about size, I think that's why people keep talking about, you know, Latimer and linking him with the Saints because he's got a nice size-speed combination. All right. So what do you think we should wear for the broadcast on Thursday night? Oh, Hawaiian shirts. Hawaiian you know shirts? Yeah. Well, oh, you know what? I keep forgetting we're going to be seen. Yes. <sighs> Tuxedos. Tuxes. Jim Lampley and and uh, and what's the, Michael? You know, let's get ready to rumble. Oh. Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, Michael Buffer. Yeah, Michael Buffer. Yeah. Tuxes. Tux. Well, we only got to have on the jacket and the and the bow tie because nobody's gonna see that what's beneath. As far as you know. Yeah, I mean, it ain't unless like Jimmy rigs up with some camera that. Okay. Yeah, tuxedo T-shirts. That would be the answer. Now we're talking. That would be the answer. Probably wouldn't get us in the door, but that would be the answer. Stay tuned. See what we'll be wearing. Most importantly, on Thursday night. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Mike Garofalo from Fox Sports in a moment. You know what? This is what we should wear. Did you see the NASCAR clip the other day when the guy had the tire around him? No. Suspenders with a big tire around. You like that look? Yeah, that's what we ought to do. I'm a picking and I'm a grinning. 
You are. <laughs> Taking us out to the woods, aren't you? Come on now. All right. We better maybe edit that part out. I don't know. <laughs> Daniel says no. We'll leave it there. We'll take a quick break. Mike Garofalo from Fox Sports. Help us out with more of this draft uh, coverage. Uh, when we come back here on the Black and Blue Report. Okay. You've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. All right, welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We're two days away from the NFL Draft, and we're very pleased to have Mike Garofalo from Fox Sports join us here on the Black and Blue Report. Mike, as I mentioned, just two days away. I wish it was two hours away. This uh, this ramp-up to the NFL Draft has been overdrawn, I think, in, in a lot of people's eyes. Maybe the GMs and coaches feel differently, but we're almost there. I'm really kind of um, done with the prep work, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish it was two weeks ago. You're talking about two hours from now. Two weeks ago was perfect. That's when it was supposed to be. Um, I, I think I think that this is kind of an experiment, a convenient experiment for the NFL to see what this would look like in in May. Um, to me, if if they want to continue with this and, and and try and make it an event in May to kind of stretch out the off-season calendar, uh, not only would they be ignoring the backlash from people in the media. Uh, and fans who, who want this thing to get going, but also their head coaches. I mean, the one guy I saw that was in support of this was John Elway because the Broncos and, and even the Seahawks had a late season. It dragged on a little bit, so it gave them more time to, to recoup. But these other coaches who want to get their guys on the field, want to get their rookies in uh, and, and, and start to work with them and, and get them ready for training camp, but those guys are itching right now because that's a lot of missed time for these rookies. They usually get them in right after the draft, so these guys would already be to work. So they're going to have to ignore those coaches as well if they're going to continue with this. I do think in the end it does go back to April and whether they have to take on the road because New York is not available because of Radio City. We'll see. I guess that will sort out. But my thought is calendar-wise they push it back to April. Mm, okay. Mike, because we've drawn it out to May and, of course, there's all the mock drafts and overblown coverage and everything else, my head is swimming a little bit. Can you help me from a national perspective – with what you think are the major storylines here about this draft two days out? Well, from a national perspective, I think it, it's about Johnny Mandel. I mean, look, you know, Jadavion Clowney and Khalil Mack and which one goes one and, and, and whether a team moves up to get either one, obviously a huge storyline. But I think Johnny Mandel is the big storyline of this draft because, you know, he's projected to a number of places. And, and the buzz about the Cowboys and Jerry Jones' thoughts on Johnny Mandel are 100% accurate. Jerry Jones does love Johnny Manziel, but how could they make that move 
Uh, I don't see him lasting those 16, but even if they did, how could they make that move with Tony Romo already as your quarterback you've committed to over the long term just last year? So it's adding a little intrigue to see some of these teams being talked about as, you know, hey, this team likes Johnny and maybe this team will move out, you know, the Eagles who have Nick Foles. I don't buy all that, though. I think he's going to go. He's going to go to a team that needs a quarterback, and you're talking Cleveland at number four. You're talking Minnesota at number eight, uh, and some of these other teams that we've talked about that do need quarterbacks. But the guy is just such an electric player, and teams are wondering and fans are wondering and media are wondering if this guy is really going to be able to translate to the NFL level. So that's obviously a huge storyline. You know, the one for the back end, to me, is going to be Michael Sam. It's really quieted down over the last couple of weeks. You haven't heard – a whole lot on his front, but now it's going to pick up. And now it's the storyline again of that third day of the draft. Well, I don't expect him to go in the first two days, obviously. So now you've got yourself a pretty good storyline. The NFL is going to want to fan the, fan the flames up a little bit. So that's going to be interesting to watch on the back end. And then you just look at, uh, you know, some of these other teams. You know, who's going to move from the back end of the first round? Who's going to be that team? Is it going to be the 49ers? Is it going to be the Eagles? So those are the three storylines I think I'm watching going into this. Three good ones. I love the I love the storyline about maybe adding some spice to the third day. The Manziel situation prompts me to ask you about the quarterback class in general. In your eyes, what does this quarterback class bring to the table? It seems to have some uncertainty. And I guess the follow-up to that is, Mike, um, which teams desperately need a quarterback and can they actually fill that need in this year's draft? Yeah, there is some uncertainty with the quarterback situation. And when you look at this class and what does it bring, you know, it, it, this isn't the sexiest storyline, but it's going to bring a lot of good backup quarterbacks, I think. You know, guys like Zach Mettenberger and Jimmy Garoppolo and, and, and A.J. McCarron, to me, it's a good crop of guys that could be in this league for 10 years as good, solid backup quarterbacks. Now, who are going to be your starters that emerge from this? You know, I to me, I love Johnny Manziel. I know that a lot of guys around the league love Johnny Manziel. The question about his durability, and, and you look at some of the plays that he made in college and the one against Duke that stands out to me where he kind of ran up into the line and jumped and didn't go down and then spun around and then rolled out to his left. I mean, in the NFL, that play is over. There's just no way that play lasts as long as it does. So. You know, I, I think that you're going to have to, when you when you draft Johnny Manziel, rein a little bit of that in, and he's also going to have to learn, okay, well, I can do a little bit of that, a little bit of bad living and freelancing, but to think it's going to go for, you know, five, six seconds the way it did in college, it's not going to happen. And so I, I, I still think that if you can rein that, you can control that a little bit, you've got yourself a good player who can make plays, who's electric. I do think, again, he's so high in this draft in the top ten. Uh, so I think it's going to be, uh, you know, an awfully interesting story. And I think he's the guy right there that could be your starter. And then, and then the other guy is, is, is Blake Bortles. And the question is about his development, how much talent he's seen or how little talent he's faced in defenses, although he did have a good game against the Big 12 team in that bowl game. So, you know, those are the two guys I think that are going to emerge as your, your best quarterback. And, and again, they're, they're the guys right now that are being projected to be the top two quarterback picks. Mike Garofalo from Fox Sports with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Mike, we've talked to we've talked to someone who covers every team in the NFL, somebody from every market. You can't imagine, or I guess you can, how many of these folks feel that the team that they cover is going after a wide receiver. Is this the year of the wide receiver? And and it, does that mean that we just have we have a certain lack of good wide receivers in the NFL right now? No, well, it, it you know, if 
everybody thinks they're taking them, I, I guess that means a third of them or a third to a half are going to be right because there are that many receivers to be taken here in this first round and the second round. And obviously the Saints, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of writers projecting or reporters uh, uh, around the Saints projecting the Saints to take a wide receiver, and it makes a lot of sense. And obviously there are some weapons. There are guys like Brandon Cooks and Bruce Ellington who are, you know, uh, uh, smaller stature guys that can bring a different element. That's the key here. You've got your 6'5 guy in Mike Evans, and then you've got your 6'1 guy in Sammy Watkins, who's more complete, and you've got your sub-six-foot guy. So that that's the variety in the wide receivers that you're going to be able to get at the top of this draft, first round, second round, and their ability to make plays. I think this is going to wind up being a heck of a crop of wide receivers. Now, what you've got to remember, though, is back in 2000, I'm trying to remember, 2001, I think it was, there was a, a, a run on wide receivers like this in the first two rounds, and a lot of those guys did not pan out. The Rod Gardner's, the Corn Robinson's, I mean, you know, they had decent years of Freddie Mitchell. You know, these guys did not pan out over the long term. So to say that all these guys are there for the taking, you're going to be able to hit on whoever, obviously is missing the point. There will be some misses here, but that top of the class here with those wide receivers is as good as it's been in, in a number of years. Indeed. One more thing, Mike. Uh, I had an analyst whom I respect very much uh, describe this draft as, as this. He said that anyone who has tried to put down some kind of a mock draft will suffer the same fate as those who tried to fill out an NCAA tournament bracket for this past March's tournament. He said yeah. by the mid to late first round, they'll have already wadded them up and be throwing them in the can. Would you agree with that or no? Uh, I, I do, and I guess it depends on how you, you you grade these things. Sometimes you grade them, okay, well, did this team wind up getting the guy that I projected it, or did this guy wind up going in the slot that I projected it, or did I get 25 out of 32 first rounders, just the names of the guys that are being taken? So. <laughs> It depends how you grade it. I would say that probably the best way to grade it is that last one. You know, hey, how many of 32 did you get right? I don't care where they went, who they went to, or whatever. That's probably the best way to grade it, at least as far as grading this thing on a curve, because it is going to be extremely challenging because of the talent and because of, remember, with this new CBA and, and the fact that the first pick doesn't get paid that much more than the second pick and the third pick and so on and so on, a lot of teams are now willing to move up and get up there, and they don't have to spend as much to move because, again, the difference in pay between the picks isn't that great. So that's going to screw a lot of people up. There will be a lot of movement. You saw Miami come all the way from 12 up to 3 last year. Didn't even have to give up that much. You're going to see a lot of that. So, you know, the projections got us here, but once the draft starts, again, you can you can wad them up and throw them out the window like you said. Yep, great point. Mike, I always love your work, and I respect your opinion. I really appreciate you coming on with us this week. You got it anytime. You got it. Mike Garofalo from Fox Sports with us here on the Black and Blue Report. He'll be a busy man, as he always is, especially these next couple of days. All right, back to wrap things up on this uh, Tuesday right after this. All right. Y'all ready for something spicy? Play mud books from the lottery. You can win up to $2,000. This is how we do it. Spice up your day with Mud Bucks. Went up to $2,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The party's just getting started, y'all. Are you ready for Mud Bucks? Here we go. Pick up Mud Bucks today. That's how we do it down here. 
At NBAstore.com, we have the largest collection of gear for all 30 NBA teams, plus a few new specialty items like the OKC Thunder Encore warm-up pants that may have come straight from Kevin Durant's locker. Definitely not from Kevin Durant's locker. Or the Houston Rockets snapback hat that James Harden possibly wore while walking his dog this morning. James Harden not guaranteed to pre-wear your hat. Or maybe an official LeBron James jersey that we promise will make you look like LeBron from your neck to your waist. Promise not valid in the lower 48 states, Alaska, Hawaii, or any other place in the universe. Gear up with authentic NBA gear from NBAstore.com. One store, every team. Follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report. About time to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Again, thanks to John Shazer and Mike Garofalo from Fox Sports for stopping by. Uh, by the time we meet with you tomorrow, we'll be just a little over 24 hours away from the start of the NFL draft. And uh, we'll be with you again from Studio B tomorrow on Airline Drive. We are going to uh, have uh, Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis from his morning press conference tomorrow on tomorrow's Black and Blue Report and probably uh, more along the NFL lines as well. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Appreciate you joining us. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Thank you.